Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How to Do Drugs. I am your host, Aliyah Janine, and today, all the way from the West Coast, I have um, Ashley Evans-Smith, who happens to be a very popular uh, MMA fighter, uh, professional at that. I'm not afraid of very many women, and then I saw a couple of your fights, and I'm like, oh, she could hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up because I'm tall. I'm 5'11", so... And my wow. dad's really tall. So it's like I anytime I walk into a bar and there's like a girl taller than me, my first thought is like, oh, fuck, am I going to have to fight this bitch? <laughs> I don't know why that is. I think maybe my father instilled that in me because he's six foot ten. So, yeah, like as I got older, I'm like, oh, no, girls could totally kick ass. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, my perfect height. I'm five eight. I always say I, I wish I was five eleven because mm-hmm. then with heels on, I would just be taller than everybody for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever I, depending on um, how tall they are, like I used to be a stripper. So I used to wear like those six inch platforms. So I <laughs> yeah, would be yeah. like <laughs> six, 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 seven and dudes oh, be like, Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. There, there's a couple of shoes. I'm like, all right, this is a little ridiculous. Cause a lot has to do with balance too. I have weak ankles. So I, my ankles would come out. <laughs> just be standing just be standing completely still else on my ankle and i'll be like oh okay no i'm fine i'm totally with weak ankles is does it not sound like a fun time (laughs) and alcohol and then you mix alcohol on top of it and it is a disaster but um yeah i also don't fall gracefully either um it's like a lot of arms flailing and making funny faces it's um it's great it's good times um so uh tell me a little bit about yourself how long have you been um a professional fighter yeah i have been professional since 2012 okay 34 years old i think i was 23 when i started so over a decade i've been professional and then before that i had a few amateur fights um but i was in college uh right before i started my wrestling career so i basically Mm -hmm. went from high school wrestling in a very small town in northern california high Mm -hmm. or college wrestling in the Mm -hmm. bay area in silicon valley and then as soon as i graduated i got right into mma Mm -hmm. and so i've always been an athlete whether it was a little wrestler girl in high school Mm -hmm. a collegiate wrestler you know traveling internationally to, to wrestle other women mm-hmm. and then transitioned right into mixed martial arts where I fought a little bit of amateur, but pretty much went pro right away, right out the gates. And uh, that was in, you know, like I said, 2012. And so much has changed in the mixed martial arts uh, world since mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Do you, um, so you have to train a lot, like what types of like martial arts do you know, or like, do you have to know to actually like be a professional? Well, I mean, I'm in the UFC. It's the highest level of uh, mixed martial arts. It would, you know, mm-hmm. for people who don't understand that, that would be the NBA of mixed martial arts. It's the <laughs> NFL of MMA. And um, you have to be prepared in all areas. So mm-hmm. there's grappling, whether that, that's jujitsu mm-hmm. and wrestling. Um, there's other t- grappling, but those are the main ones. And then you got to have your striking on point because it stands on, it starts on the feet, right? Yeah. So there's boxing, there's Muay Thai, there's other things, but those are the two big ones. Some people are proficient in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Me, it's really just boxing, wrestling, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Those are the core disciplines that I train in. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always add 
judo, which I've played around with in my college years and stuff yeah. like that, um, which is very important, but those are the ones. And then on top of that, you've got to make sure that your conditioning. So your cardio, yeah. um, your strength is, is up there as well. So you're pretty much always in the gym training, whether it's lifting weights or punching people or getting punched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could take a punch. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. I actually, I just started taking kickboxing classes and I'm a smoker. I've been smoking for like 20, six years or whatever. I love it. It's one of my favorite disgusting habits, but like, like it's 45 minutes and the cardio, like I actually have really strong lungs. Um, like the last time I went to a doctor, he's like, that's actually impressive. I'm like, thank you. But when I take this fucking class, I am just dripping in sweat. I'm also older. So I'm like, fuck, this is either going to kill me or like, help me. yeah, that you guys go through Cause I, I like, I like watching UFC stuff and I like boxing and stuff like that. I like hockey because they get to beat up each other. So I've always <laughs> enjoyed yeah. those type of sports and stuff like that. Uh, physically, like you said, you have to train so much, um, especially in those types of industries where you have to be like physically strong. Is there a lot of, um, like issues with like steroid use or like, in, like enhancing, you know, type stuff and then pain stuff as well, because obviously you guys go through a tremendous amount of pain. Is there a lot of like issues with that? And how does the UFC like deal with that? Yeah. So, I mean, with any professional sport, there's always going to be some sort of PED performance enhancing drugs, steroid, anabolic, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, if they say, you know, if someone says, Oh, there's, there's nothing like that in our sport, they're lying. There's always somebody trying to find a loophole and, mm -hmm. some, you know, trying to weasel their way and get better, get the advantage, get the edge. Mm -hmm. And it, it's sad, but it's just, you know, it's been happening from, you know, since day one in sports, since they developed yeah steroids. Um, but I'm very lucky that the UFC, they basically have a governing organization called USADA, United States Athletic Doping Association or something <laughs> similar. What they are, they, uh, they oversee all of the UFC. And so they do random drug tests. Mm -hmm. They basically make you tell them where you're going to be at, at all times. Like right now, um, there's an app that, you know, it says right now, my location is at home. So if they want to randomly drug test me, oh, wow. knock, knock on my door, make me pee in a cup, sometimes take your blood. Mm -hmm. And if you can't pee at the moment, mm -hmm. they will, they have to, they'll wait, wait around. <laughs> and then, um, you basically have to pee in front of them. So it's always a female representative, but mm -hmm. you know, if you're wearing a baggy shirt, she's like, pull up oh, that pull shirt. shirt and stuff. Gotta see the pee. Yeah. Your, you know? yeah, that's crazy. Well, I remember like Lance Armstrong, I guess like he was injecting clean urine into his bladder or something like that. And that is insane to me. I mean, like that's dedication to being <laughs> like, if you're going to go for the full on, like, you know, hoax or lie or grift or whatever, like go full on inject the fucking urine in your bladder, which uh is Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. I, I, it's annoying because they'll come at like six in the morning, knock on your oh, door. Yeah. Sometimes you already got up to go pee and then you have to wait around and chug water and then you pee in a cup, but then you're forever bloated the rest of the day. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just worth it because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of questionable 
seemingly super buff women mm-hmm. in my sport. And I'm like, mm, but you know what? I know that if they're in the UFC, they're getting drug tested by Usada. Yeah. And that makes me comfortable. You know, I want an even playing field. So yeah, yeah. And that definitely um, is a factor too. Yeah. Cheaters suck when it comes to that. What about, um, oh, I was going to say, so you guys don't really have, do you have an issue I normally don't get political, but with like the vaccine passport, you know, where like you have to go and like if you're vaccinated and stuff like that, like, did they make you get like, did they make you get vaccinated? No. So, you know, the UFC is just so they're such a big company Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to be in the UFC. Sometimes, even though I've been in the UFC since 2014, Mm-hmm. you get scared, you feel expendable. And so you kind of feel like you got to do whatever they say. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to get cut, you don't want to, you know, miss yeah. your opportunity, whatever. And I was so happy that Dana White came out publicly and mm-hmm. said that he will not, the UFC will not be uh, mandating vaccines. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to get the vaccine, okay, but they're not going to say that you have to get it. Now, whether or not they're going to put on events internationally and travel restrictions have, mm-hmm. you know, you know, vaccine passport mandate. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That's, They've always had that for years for certain countries and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. where you need so I think the UFC is on the same page with, uh, I hate saying anti-vaxxers. It sounds so yeah. crazy, you know, <laughs> like people that don't want to take the vaccine for whatever reason. I think the UFC at least respects that you know you shouldn't be forcing someone to put something into their body yeah if they don't want to and so i'm very happy with the ufc on that level for sure on that level yeah i got vaccinated only because i like free drugs and from the government i was like <laughs> okay that's cool i love free drugs <laughs> um what about like um like with injuries and stuff like that are you guys like allowed to take um like pain pills if they're like prescribed and like for a certain amount of time or is that like how does that work out yeah, you did. You did ask about pain management. Now, mm-hmm. we have a banned substance list mm-hmm. that seems to grow every day. <laughs> right. And uh, basically, what you have to do to be careful that you don't ingest something mm-hmm. topically or whatever mm-hmm. uh, is make sure that this these substances, whatever you put in your body, are not on the banned substance list. Mm-hmm. This list is, like I said, growing every day, but there are certain things that are not on the list. Now, if I can make something clear to you, mm-hmm. there's two types of um, testing. Mm-hmm. There's in-competition testing and out-of-competition testing. Okay. In-competition testing is very, very strict. There's more things that are on the banned substance mm-hmm. list, meaning you can't have, you know, marijuana or, you know, like any of these uh, drugs that are kind of like, eh, are they really hurting us? You know, yeah. um, that you can't have in your system. Obviously you can't have PED steroids and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's for 24 hours leading up to the fight. Anything after the fight. Mm -hmm. So that's in competition out of competition. Testing is the rest of the time. Now you can have in certain States or whatever traces of marijuana. Okay. um, Mushrooms are okay. There's different things that are, yeah, that are actually not tested for. And so if that's how you live your life, you can live mm-hmm. your life that way. And that's out of competition testing. So it sounds very big brother. control, yeah. And I guess it is, but it's, I don't know. It's not as bad. They just don't want you to yeah. take steroids and they don't yeah. want you to be high right before the fight. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to be smoking a blunt right before you go yeah. fight anyways, like that. 
it does not probably <laughs> counterproductive to what you're trying to do. So, <laughs> so what I was going to say, so, um, pain management to answer mm -hmm. your question. Yeah. We all have pain, whether it's, you know, on this end of the spectrum, just being sore from lifting weights, right. Or doing whatever. And then, you know, there are certain people that have great pain. I just had spine surgery in wow. December, the pain that I was dealing with Mm -hmm. leading up to the surgery, like actually leading up to a fight that I had, mm -hmm. I was getting spinal epidural injections okay. for pain management and the UFC was okay with that. Yeah. So it's weird, right? Like we can't have, like I get tattoos, lots of tattoos, obviously mm -hmm. we're not allowed to take lidocaine. So like, sometimes there's those like, Oh, the, the, the numbing stuff or what really? Yeah, yeah. So we can't have that, but it's like, Oh, you need a spinal epidural injection. for pain. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. So it's all about just knowing what's on the banned substance list. Mm -hmm. There's a website called globaldro.com and all the athletes coaches, you can go to the website, put in the supplement and it will tell you whether it's banned or not, you know, and it'll oh, say, wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. It'll say in competition, you mm -hmm. know, like green light or like out of competition, like, no, don't do that. You know? Mm -hmm. So it, it is kind of, there's a lot to it, but it's not that hard to not get in trouble. Um, accidents happens. There are tainted supplements and yeah. people, if they get in trouble, some, you know, that's the go-to well, it was a tainted, my protein had <laughs> some crazy shit in it. I didn't know. And you're like, okay, well, they'll yeah. test, they'll test the box and then they'll, they'll do a whole investigation and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot, there's actually a lot to it as I hear myself talk about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think, especially in sports and stuff. I mean, there's other like professions where, um, where people have to get drug tested. Like my mom was a registered nurse and they would do like the hair sampling tests and, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I don't want none of my nurses all high if they're poking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like police officers. So yeah, um, they have, there's a plenty of jobs where you have to get like random drug tests and stuff like that. It may not be as um, as like strict as, as like professional fighting. I remember my uncle, he, um, he used to work for waste management and he was always, uh, what, what are they, uh, randomly selected. He's like, that's yeah. my new name is randomly selected because he, because he's the one with the criminal record, but he's like, he just, um, he has his, um, well, he broke his back. So now he's on payments, but like he, he likes to drink. He never, um, smoke pot or anything like that. It was just funny just because of like his past that he was always the randomly selected guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like because the way I look, I'm randomly selected as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that does happen. Like you have a certain look and it's normally not you got, you know what I mean? It's normally like the clean cut, like proper one that's hiding all the closet, you know, hiding all their shit in the closet. It's like Jesse Soprano from that episode of a Save by the bell where oh she was addicted God. to the caffeine. Pill I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where she's like, she would never do drugs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that happens. Um, that happens a ton. Um, so, so with the off, um, competition testing, you said, as long as, um, as long as like the state it's legal, like you guys can smoke pot and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, like a certain amount that you're allowed to have in your system. Like, yeah. so in competition, you actually can have like 0. 0.00 something based mm -hmm. on the state. Well, it's actually based on like the commission. So if I'm fighting in, in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. the Nevada 
state athletic commission, they have a different set of rules than California okay. and New York. New York is like the most strict. I'll, I, I know this because I fought in New York mm-hmm. and the UFC basically sent out a mass email being like, normally you're allowed to have a little bit of marijuana in your system, but it's so small. Like I wouldn't even fuck around. And so I was like, okay, thank you for the warning. And so, you know, you just stop smoking. Um, you know, few, I stopped smoking like two months before my fight because I just, you know, I already got a strike. I don't need anybody, you know, I'm trying to push the envelope here. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's different on state to state and then out of competition. Yeah. You can smoke and it's, it's totally actually they just passed something i'm sorry because it's so so new like a month or two that you can have marijuana in your system i should really know the exact Mm -hmm. on this but um but yeah they just passed something and i believe it was not the ufc it's like Mm -hmm. the nevada state athletic commission so like if you're fighting in las vegas or anywhere in Nevada, you can have marijuana in your system, but I have to like brush up on the exacts, but yeah. it's becoming more and more okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very unfortunate because a few years ago, people were cut completely, lost their jobs, you know, mm-hmm. or suspended for four years. If you're my age, I'm 34. If I get suspended for marijuana yeah. and I'm for four years, that's the end of my career. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for the people that like right before it became legal, mm-hmm. they got suspended for four years, and now everyone's like smoking weed and going to fight, and they're yeah. just and like lost their jobs. Yeah, so it's it's sad, and we're obviously in this transitional period where like the world is kind of realizing like it's not dope, it's not yeah, it's, it's not a horrible <laughs> like it's better than alcohol. You know, it's safer in my personal opinion. Like we've talked about it on the show a ton that that weed is definitely like. Even growing up, my mom's like, I would rather have you drive in a car with someone who's stoned than who's drunk, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I recently, long story short, I'm two years sober from alcohol and I smoke weed, not as like a, like, uh, like a, a jumping or something. Yeah. Like not like that, but I started smoking, you know, I, I smoked before casually, but like, I really leaned into smoking when I was getting sober mm-hmm. and it just put me in a, in a better mindset and it helped in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, you know? And so I'm a big advocate for, you know, using it whatever way. I do think it helps numerous ways, you know, I, even I with know. physical pain and stuff like that, it can, it can definitely, yeah, I mean, everything, everyone's different, right? There are definitely mm-hmm. people that smoke and they're like, whoa, man, like paranoid. Yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, there are people that smoke, you know, they wake up and they smoke and they eat breakfast and they smoke. Like that's like my boyfriend, Yeah. (laughs) you know, and they can, they can go about their day and they're functional stoners as I like to call them. Mm -hmm. And then there's people like me where I like to smoke, but I'm not a functional stoner. So I have to work out, do my errands, get all my stuff done. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, now I can smoke. Now I'll have a, yeah, smoke a joint or whatever. (laughs) I used to smoke when I was younger. I used to smoke all of the time. It was like, I was wake up, you know, smoke every time it was smoke. And now that I'm older, I realized, so I was looking at like my supply because I normally used to get weed like every like two weeks or something like that. And yeah. I spend probably about like five, $600 a month. And now I'm down to like 300. And I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't even realize that now, like I definitely, like I do wait, um, 
wait until like the end of the evening or, you know, sometimes times during the day, um, I have like my little vape pen or whatever. Yeah. I'll take a couple of hits off of that. But yeah, I don't know if it's just like an age thing, but yeah, like if I smoke now, it's like, I'm kind of out of it a little bit. Oh yeah. I'm always out of it. And I like that, you know, cause I'm mm-hmm. such a mental overly clip critical over analyzing type of person that it really just slows my mind down mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not to be super like mushy, but just like, you know, getting sober and realizing that you spent, you know, 99% of your life drinking away all your um, feelings and Mm -hmm. and trying to hide them, drown them. Yeah. Not coping with your emotions. And then it all comes rushing in and like, it's too much. Sometimes I didn't know what the fuck anxiety was until I got sober. And then you, how do you deal with that? And marijuana helps some people, mm-hmm. some people, it gives them more anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, you got to play with it. You gotta, you gotta, you know, find the right dosage, whatever you write. Yeah. Strength. A different strain or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. They also have CBD too, which is great. I know you have a CBD sponsor. Yeah. Um, that uh that that definitely helps too where like you don't get that high but you get like the medical benefits of it where it does can help with anxiety like the lotions and stuff like that um I really do like like the CBD stuff although for me because I am such a stoner that like the first couple of times that like I actually smoked and I'm like all right this my brain is not like <laughs> it's like what is happening but um I do like like I like the CBD edibles because I can't edibles really mess me up. Um, they could definitely like, I'll start drooling. I just, I get so stoned. I'll sleep for like 15 hours. Like it's nuts. So I do like the CBD edibles because it does help with like sore muscles and, um, and just like relaxing and not like being fucking comatose. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I appreciate CBD. Um, I'm that kind of person that like, I like Carmex because I put it on my lips and I feel it burning and I'm like, it's working, you know, or it's yeah. good. And then with CBD, you know, you kind of, it's like a multivitamin, right? Where you, mm-hmm. a lot of the time you have, you, you eat it or you put it on your skin and you may not feel the effects right away, but you know, it's doing something good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I appreciate CBD. I love my CBD sponsor, shout out a botanical bloom, but, um, it, when it comes to really helping me mentally, emotionally, physically, marijuana straight marijuana yeah (laughs) (laughs) nothing nothing better (laughs) amen so um so you so you you were um a young athlete uh did you ever like party and stuff when you were younger like in school obviously you said you drank but did you like dabble into any other types of drugs yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah I mean so uh without going into you know it all started when I was a little kid but um you know, my family members are from a really small town in Northern California and meth is prevalent up there. And so, um, both sides, my mom's side, my dad's side, drug addiction problems. I saw that as a kid, no abuse or anything crazy like that, but you see what the drugs do to the adults and you can either go one way or the other. You're like, yeah. Oh, I want to do that too. Or, you know, like I want to live in a trailer and yeah. <laughs> or you go the other route and you're like, this is not the life that I envisioned for myself. So yeah. I did dabble, but you know, those images of what I didn't want to be, you know, you know, were very, very, very fresh in my mind from seeing my family members. And so I just, you know, I, I ate, uh, what I, mushrooms in Mm -hmm. high school here and there, Mm -hmm. um, had some crazy, you know, just 
especially the first time you eat mushrooms and you, if you eat a lot, you're like, I'm never going to forget that, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember laying on my friend's bed in high school and she had a poster of like a little island and like the sun and like a little palm tree, you know, the, the black light poster. No, just a normal poster. I, I don't know. And, and then, you know, like I'm laying on the bed, everybody mm-hmm. went outside to explore and like, I couldn't get off the bed and the <laughs> poster, like the razor, like, I'm like, Oh, it's so bright. And the water's moving. And like, yeah, you know, you have those times as a kid where you mm-hmm. dabble. Yeah. And then, um, in college, I actually, so I don't know how in-depth we want to go here, but uh, so in high school, I was a hardcore drinker and like I was hanging out with all these punk rock kids. And then one night I got so blacked out drunk that I stabbed one of my friends with a knife. And okay. you're actually went- not the first person to stab someone on this show. So, <laughs> right, you know, like I, I actually just interviewed a girl who had a similar situation and I'm like, Oh, my sister. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To joke about it now, I guess, yeah. but, um, you know, it's fucked up obviously. And, you know, at age 17, you know, I obviously had a problem with alcohol, you know, didn't stop until I was 32. You know, I had some times in between, but, um, but yeah, basically I, I went to juvie for, for that. And, uh, that scared me straight for four years. I went to college. I didn't drink for four years, graduated Mm -hmm. college. And, uh, that's probably why I graduated college was because I put the ball down. And then when I graduated, I, I think I told you at the beginning of this uh, episode, mm-hmm. I went right into mixed martial arts and, you know, fighting, fucking partying, like all that kind of stuff. It's just like a wild life, a, a wild environment. And it was mm-hmm. just a roller coaster of, of, of hard training and then party and then mm-hmm. like have a fight and then like celebrate and then have a fight and then, you know, lose and then drown your sorrows. And so, yeah there was always a reason to drink and uh, I would progressively lose a friend, lose a job, crash my car. Like, but somehow I was always this functional alcoholic. Like I Mm -hmm. still won fights and I still made it to training and I still, you know, looked from the outside. Okay. Mm -hmm. Until very recently um, my friend basically was like, look, girl, you live your own life, but if you keep, you know, doing the crazy things you're doing, it's stressing me the fuck out. And I'm going to have to take a step back friendship wise. And this was like a best friend that I had had for 17 years. So, and you know, as I said earlier, like not too close with my family, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like I just, I took that as like the final straw. Yeah. And so two years ago, got sober, started leaning heavily into, you know, working and and being productive and, you know, kind of just making the most of being 34 because young in life, but you know, mm-hmm. kind of older in my fight career. So I do feel like time is ticking down. So you just to take make- care of yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Cause when you're younger, I used to be able to freaking drink a bottle of vodka and then wake up and go to work and then drink another and be completely fine. And now I have two glasses of wine and I'm like, why does life hurt so much? Dude, I, I, sometimes I stay up like till like midnight or one o'clock and the next morning I'm like, I feel like I have a hangover and I'm like, wow, <laughs> what happened to me? Like I, I missed my bedtime and I feel hungover as opposed to freaking handles of pop-off vodka when I was like 17 or 18. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and then just wake up and go to wrestling practice, like ready to go guys. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You- it is crazy. I do. Yeah. And wait until you get like in your forties, you'd be like, holy <laughs> shit, how am I still 
alive. I don't understand how I'm still breathing. Like 30, <laughs> like my mid thirties were like some of my favorite times because like you're mature, you know what I mean? And like, you have like enough money that, that you wanted when you're in your twenties. Um, sex is a lot better, mostly because most people know what they're doing <laughs> and it does get better as you get older. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I can see that though. Like what is, um, what is like the oldest fighter? And is it different for like the men and the women in, in the, is it called the league? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so there are different weight classes, right? So like men's division, women's divisions, and in each, you know, each gender has their own different weight classes and divisions, if you will. You know, I fight at 125, 135, and I used to fight at 145. Um, my weight fluctuates a lot depending on what I'm going to do, what I'm doing in my life, obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I got really small when I was just drinking a lot and people were like, Oh, you look so good. And little yeah. do they know. It's just because I'm drinking <laughs> wine for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so they're um, great. They're, they're yeah. fruit, fruit salad right there. Yeah. So um yeah, so the women, we just had two two weeks ago, maybe three, we just had two women who are like, you know, just like the Michael Jordans, you know, of, of the women's division, you know, like big names. Uh, Misha Tate and Marion Renault, they fought and Misha, both are moms. No, actually, I don't know if Marion, Marion is a mom, but uh, one woman was 44 and the other woman was maybe like in her late 30s, 37. So something, something like that, 36, 37. And uh, one had just had two children, was had a, like a five-year layoff. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was 44, just mm-hmm. good for you, you know? And top top athletes amazing women mm-hmm. and they put on a hell of a fight one woman was coming back from retirement and the other woman was the 44 year old was retiring so mm-hmm. that gave someone like me who's like damn i'm 34 i'm getting old maybe it's time to hang it up mm-hmm. like i just like i ate one of those like little mario stars i was like i was like yeah i think i think it's different for women i think we actually like we are like a fine wine like we get better and stronger as we get older like we i really feel that we do maybe because we've been through some shit (laughs) i I feel like that whole mom strength and that mom mentality yeah like having two kids like if you can pop a couple of those out yeah you're the strongest human being on the face of the planet i don't care i do think that like some kind of chemical you know, like animalistic, like mm-hmm. provide for your cub type shit kicks in. Absolutely. I yeah. yeah. I, that's 100%. not my percent. Yeah. I don't want that. You know, that's yeah. not me, but um, more power to the women that do want that. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, like I have that energy, but I don't want the kids. I'm like, how do I? <laughs> yeah. I respect those women so much. Like, mm-hmm. and I always feel like an asshole when I say this, but I'm like, whew. Sometimes my dog gives me a headache and I, you know, it's like, I know oh, no, my dog drives me fucking and she's 13. So she's old and she's kind of deaf. I'm like, you lazy ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dog is not deaf and I'm still like, God. <laughs> either that or she's just been really good at ignoring me. I'm like, it has to be one or the other. I mean, she's very smart and that's annoying. My dog just, he's a five-year-old uh, bully. So pit bull, bulldog mix. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's all like buff looking but he's just like the most gassy dog ever. So he's like burping and farting. And I just, I'm like, shit dog, stop, stop. Shit dog. You just smell like shit. Get out of here. (laughs) 
I think my dog, she has, um, you know, like a Sigmund Freud's uh, psychosexual analysis, like the different stages. Um, stage two has to do with anal retentiveness. So it's like where you hold in, where a person holds in their poop because um, they're, they're like trying to gain something. Like they're very control. funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like like this lack of control, like something happened to them when they were a kid and um, like their parents were over controlling. So like they'll try to control their poop. I swear to God, she has this. I swear. Cause sometimes she'll just, I look, I'm like, it's literally coming out of her butthole. And I'm like, why are you just go to the bathroom? What my, are dog, you doing? my dog will uh he he will poop on things so he'll poop on the fire hydrant he'll poop <laughs> on the wall which obviously if you're pooping on a wall you're just gonna mm. get all over the wall and your butt and so i have to deal with the disgusting mess that comes back in the house and i'm like thank you i i wanted to wipe your ass like a child you know and it's like, <laughs> this is i don't want children like <laughs> get him like a little doggy toilet or something like that the strangest like i've actually walked in on a cat using the toilet before like have you water? ever yeah like just actually going to the bathroom like you could train cats to use the toilet and it was uh, like i didn't know i said excuse me like i felt like just watched the meet the fuckers the other day mm-hmm. that's hilarious i didn't know that was real oh know. yeah when uh sandeep uh he's another comedian also a psychologist and yeah he taught his cat and i was like oh boy i love animals animals are the best um so now like currently with um with like all of the um the newer stuff um oh no wait we already talked about the pop thing what about like other drugs because they're doing stuff with like uh therapy with mushrooms and stuff like mdma like i would like are they are you guys allowed to do that kind of stuff or yeah, so that's a great question because you would kind of think no right yeah like that like oh like why so Especially, like for therapy purposes like if it's so i believe it's called psilocybin yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so i have the only reason i know a little bit about this is because i have a friend former teammate uh very well-known um veteran of the ufc uh his name is ian uncle creepy mccall <laughs> and he's uh he's such a such a like a interesting fellow he's got like the crazy mustache you know like the pirate mustache but um this guy just knows his shit when it comes to mushrooms and he's on multiple i'm gonna sound like a you know uneducated person but like you know boards and in commute uh what what is it called like committees and and you know like his goal i feel like Mm -hmm. you know maybe not goal in life but just one of his goals is to progress the use of mushrooms and psilocybin for um, athletes and specifically fighters, because we deal with a lot of CTE and other things that, you know, are just come with the the risk you take and being yeah. and punching each other in the face. And so mm-hmm. I don't know the results of, you know, professional athletes, specifically fighters taking this and, and the, you know, the outcome, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it amazing and interesting that we are even, you know, entertaining the idea that mushrooms could help. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, would I try it? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, you know, as someone who poisoned herself for 30, 32 years with dr- alcohol, mm-hmm. why not try mushrooms, this natural thing that grows in poop? <laughs> mm-hmm, right. It just comes out of some poop and it's amazing. 
um, you know, like I, I'm all about kind of the longevity. Um, I, I'm not one of those fighters. If you see my fights where I like take a lot of shots, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you can't help it, but I do feel like I'm more of an elusive fighter and I haven't taken that much damage, but maybe I have. And in the years to come, maybe I start having some, you know, knock on wood, some sit- some, um, you know, effects of CTE, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just love that there's other options besides, I don't know what, I don't even know what fixes CTE. I don't, don't even really want to like open that Pandora's yeah. and like think about that because I'm still in my career and I'm, I'm afraid of like opening it and finding out what I'm doing to my body and my brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like better oh, left unknown. Yeah, I'll just close that until I retire and then go, oh shit, look what I did in my like, brain. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I just love the sport and yeah. I'm not gonna stop till I'm gonna rock it till the wheels fall off. And yeah. I don't wanna know. And so hopefully by the time I'm done, if some bad shit does happen to my brain, you know, mm-hmm. maybe mushrooms or psilocybin, that kind of stuff will help. Mm-hmm. Um we are allowed to have that in our system mm-hmm. out of competition that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a couple people, a couple of uh, fighters that microdose um, every day or, or for like periods of time or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Ian McCall is a big advocate on all of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like I, I'm just, I think of mushrooms and I'm like, Ooh, a party, a good time. But I, I know yeah. that it could be more medicinal than recreational as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I have definitely, um, I've always tried it. I've always done it as like a party thing, but then over <laughs> quarantine, I ended up like I had, my friend had some really amazing acid. Cause I also really, really <laughs> like acid. And I'm like, never taken acid, never done acid. Oh, acid is amazing. Acid <laughs> is super fun. Um, but it also, but it also has, um, some, some benefits when it comes with depression and, and stuff like that. So over, um, over quarantine. Yeah. I actually, I'm like, let me try it to help like, like with the depression and just, you know, the stress of everything that's going on and yeah, micro dosing, um, is it is really helpful like it does um it's helped out a lot i actually like i had read uh this study where it's like oh taking mushrooms can actually help you quit smoking and i was like that that was like the first thing that i tried to do and then That's cool. um and then i realized i'm like i actually like smoking more <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> like i just well, like my brain's like we're fighting each other it's so fun. i just with with the, the mushrooms and definitely the acid mm-hmm. the way my brain works um when i like something i'm like i want some more I yeah want some, I want some more i want some more until it's like until too much and then and then i realize then some kind of negative effect happens and then, then i'll be like okay i'll pull back a little bit but like yeah. I just don't have impulse control, you know, like, um, I have the addict brain too. (laughs) Like how I ever make weight, you know, which is basically a lot of dieting and sacrifice, like is beyond me. Cause sometimes I'm like, do I even have willpower? You know, like, like, but I mean, obviously I'm sober, you know, um, I do have willpower, but it's just like, I know at the same time, if I was to microdose, I'm like, maybe I want to what's macro dose, you know, just yeah, like, well, let me try a little bit more. Yeah. My, yeah. my duty had yeah. uh, micro doses, then macro doses. And I'm like, just give me the dose. All right. I'm like, just, I just want a full goddamn dose. Um, so in, in uh, the UFC, is there a lot of like, uh, depression and now that they're allowing like ketamine, um, they like ketamine has been really 
popular in the depression thing, which is, um, which is a little weird to me because I, me and my ex used to sell ketamine and I'm like, does that help with depression? <laughs> you know, this is something I don't know much about at all. The only reason I even know it's a thing is because two episodes ago on my own podcast, mm-hmm. Sex and Violence, with sex and violence. <laughs> um, I had on a sex addiction therapist and sex uh, therapist named Dr. Kate, I'm going to kill her last name, Bal- Balseri. It's she's, yeah, it's like at Dr. Kate Balseri on uh, Instagram. Amazing, amazing, very knowledgeable woman. And then I was on her Instagram page doing research or just scrolling or stalking her. I don't know. And uh, it was like, hey guys, you know, ketamine, blah, blah, blah. It helps with this. And, and I, I was like, ketamine, because I have taken that one time in my previous younger party life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember it just kind of put me into like a, what they call the cave hole where you just kind yeah. of, out, you know, and I, you know, I thought back later, and I'm like, that's not the most fun. I want to, you know, like, <laughs> that wasn't like, that's not how I want to spend my time. So I did that one time and then that was it. And so to think like now that drug that put me in that, like sit on the couch for like seven hours mode yeah. is something that can help you with depression and all these other things. I'm like, wow, like maybe the key is not like, what drug it's just the amount like yeah it really- <laughs> like settle down Ashley settle down so um I don't really know what it helps I don't know the yeah. chemical you know stuff about it but I like I said with the psilocybin so amazing that we're living in a time you know where that is an option where we just have mm-hmm. more options to help the, help us with our mental health yeah well yeah because mental health has always been kind of put on the back burner when it comes with pretty much everything especially in this country um even when it comes to like like certain uh like 911 calls it's like you need a healthcare provider like a mental health care provider not a cop because that normally just you know aggravates certain situations yeah 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 yeah. even more um yeah but with the depression thing and the ketamine i I have also been in K holes and I never <laughs> understood. I was just like, what? I'm like, I don't get yeah. it, but it does have a lot to do with how much you take also situations and stuff like that. Like I, like we were at raves, like I used to be a raver. So it's like, we're not taking just a little bit, you know, we're not trying to get through like our childhood trauma right now, or we are just in a way different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, well, a lot of drugs that they have made like very illegal um, could have been very beneficial it's just that they never really made anyone that much money too when it comes down to yeah 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 you know and and I do believe that there's a lot of things that the government or you know big companies have known about for a long time Mm -hmm. but you know that was going to take away from the mass production of other drugs and Mm -hmm. and, you know like pharmaceutical type stuff that I don't even like want to like sound stupid talking yeah. about but you know like you know conspiracy who like <laughs> yeah 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 but uh, like at this point it's like most people are seeing they're like it's not really a conspiracy <laughs> yeah I just I try to just talk about things I don't I'm not you know 100 percent up on yeah I'm like, there's probably some shit going on. There's always some shit going on <laughs> behind those doors. Yeah. <laughs> you know you can't trust anybody these days. <laughs> Never could probably yeah 100 percent I definitely think um I think with, with the mushrooms and, and stuff like that, I think that is going to um, become more popular. I think, what was it? Is it Oregon or Seattle that just, didn't they decriminalize all drugs? I think they like 
specific who ones. Who decriminalized all drugs? Was it Portland? Yeah. Like Portland? I I feel like I should know this with Boyfriend. the title of my no. show. <laughs> I think it was like Portland or or one of um what what state decriminalized drugs? What state? Oregon, Washington. Oregon. It was Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Portland. Yeah. Cause they've been, Portland's been having some fun the past couple of years. It looks like. I've never been there. I really want to go because I'm not vegan anymore. I'm pescatarian, but um, I just hear there's lots of yummy vegan food and it's just like mm-hmm. a cool hipster vibe up there. It, it is fun. Like I, I've done a couple shows out there. It is. Yeah. It's definitely, they have like some weird sulfur thing. My girlfriend is <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like these sulfur found. I'm like, it stinks. Like why? Sulfur? Or, or, sulfur yeah 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 it smells like like um like rotten eggs kind no, of thank you. No. yeah it's like these water things like no, it's, no. it's a big attraction out no. there <laughs> there's a there's a town in northern california i don't know if you're familiar with called gilroy i don't think and so no they're the garlic capital of like the, the i don't know this, the united states or something mm-hmm. and the whole town smells like garlic and like i mean it just it's just disgusting like driving through i'm like yeah you know, yes. it's nasty. Yeah. I don't want to smell sulfur. I don't want to smell garlic. I don't want yeah. If you ever go uh, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, especially in the summertime, it always smells of yeast because of all the beer that oh. they make. And that is, um, that's probably get me all riled up and excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you like, well, you can't drink it anymore. Trust, but if you like, beer, like, I feel like drinking. <laughs> that don't is actually. Here. Don't stop in Milwaukee. <laughs> we are very good. Um, normally in Wisconsin in general, we always have like the top 10 drunkest schools, top 10 drunkest cities. Um, and where you're at right now? No, no, no. I'm, I'm in New York right now. That's where I'm from though. I believe oh. uh, there was even one time like something like we consumed more alcohol than um, like a town in Germany or something like, like, I don't know, like they were competing with Germans. It's a yeah, yeah. population. I'm like, I don't know if we should be bragging about yeah. this. Like I used to be able to drink so much and now I'm like, and now I can't, I feel like I lost my Wisconsin card. You know I lost I mean? my Wisconsin. Yeah. Like you move out of the state and they take your drinking card away from you. They're like, cause anytime my friends have gone there, they're like, how do you survive? Like people, <laughs> very good functioning alcohol and to them it's not being drunk or being an alcoholic it's just like a way of life that's just I mean I feel like that's what they say like uh Italy or Mm -hmm. I mean I have been to Italy but it was like for like a military tour I didn't get to like really experience it but Mm -hmm. I I forget what countries but it's like certain countries they just have wine with every meal you're a little Mm -hmm. buzz I'm like I would love to just casually drink you know but just like that I'm like if if I drink a glass for lunch (sighs) By like 5 a.m., I'm going to be on a gondola somewhere. There is something about day drinking that just really gets oh. me like, ooh, yeah. But then normally never, I'm like. Never ends well. Day, day drinking. Like, you know, like, oh, music. Like, I love music. Big, big mm-hmm. music. Music festivals. I'm just like, okay, pace yourself, pace yourself, pace yourself. Because you, you pregame and then yeah. you $20 beers when you're there. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the, you know, and it's just like by the main band you're During, out and i'm like yeah why did i do this to myself every time <laughs> like sunburned dehydrated <laughs> yes exactly. good times me and my girlfriend we used to just um we would sneak in like a bottle of something really strong like uh 151 rum or something because yeah. i had big boobs so i just stick it in between my boobs and then we just get a big you know <laughs> thing of coke and then dump it in there yeah and just be fucking hammered i miss 
concerts. <laughs> I want to go to a concert. Uh, uh, I went to my first comedy show in forever. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night, we saw Brad Williams. I love Brad. <laughs> and it was so good. He was a guest on my podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, God, he just killed it. And then a lot of his head, a lot of his uh, openers were mm-hmm. really good too. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. Brad's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, what do you want to promote? Uh, social media, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm just a UFC fighter who's uh, talking about sex and violence on her podcast. I have lots of people that come on. It's mainly combat sports athletes, so fighters, jujitsu people, boxers. But every two or three episodes, I like to have like a comedian. You know, I've had a porn stars. I've had, um, you know, different musicians uh, and yeah, just actors, Polly Shore, you know, Joey Diaz, like these different Mm -hmm. people that you know, just mix it up a little bit. So it's a really interesting podcast. Talk a little bit about myself and what I've got going on, you know, like day-to-day stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Getting back in the cage, my spine surgery. Mm-hmm. I'll interview the guests. We play a couple of games like Fuck, Mary Kill. And, <laughs> um, and then we answer some fan questions. There's a segment called Lightning Sex Round where it's very revealing. You kind of uh, tell everybody what you're into sexually. Um, I like to say it's a mixture if uh, Joe Rogan and Howard Stern had a baby and that's their podcast, baby. Nice. So. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where and, can uh, people you, find you on social media? Yeah. So that podcast on Spotify, Apple, all the, all the different uh, platforms. And then on social media, me, myself, I'm Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E-M-M-A. And then the podcast, it's all spelled out, Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we will see you later. Thanks for having me. Bye guys.